The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. of unity i'm reverend skip jennings aloha i am faith rivera and uh we are here without our chatty <laughs> yeah, well, I, how is that i mean we I, I, every time that he's not here i feel that there is like a leg or toe missing and i said that last time did i say he was the big toe <laughs> and i'm the pinky toe remember that but don't worry, we got we got another big toe. I know we we have another very big toe that's coming up. It's just you know I have actually missed you because I went on vacation you and did. we pre-recorded two shows, so it's been what about three weeks since we've caught up, right? Possibly yes. So everyone's dying to know how is Croatia? Oh, <laughs> and the Reverend vacay. <laughs> it was so much fun. I got to tell you, and um, I. I think before the show, I was telling you how I literally hit that wall, that ministry you do. And when you're not doing your self-care, I hit the wall. I hit it hard. And, um, you know, for 10 months going from associate minister to senior minister, now leading the community, it's been nonstop for 10 months. And um, when I left that day, it was, if I don't leave, I'm not going to come back. So I got on the plane and I cried for about two hours heading wow. to Croatia. Wow. Had a couple, I had a couple of mimosas and okay. I cried. Okay. I was in business. I treated myself to business. <laughs> I got to the beach and sitting on the beach, I'm with a, a new friend of mine. We're sitting at the beach and I just started to weep. And he goes, what's wrong? I said, I've not felt joy like this in about three years with COVID with wow. a new job of moving from California, going to wow. Florida, becoming the new man. I have not felt joy. And I weeped with so much tears of remembering. 
So it was amazing. Um, you heard the conversation with James. He was calling from London, and it's it's been wonderful. You know, meeting someone new, having someone kind of new talking, and we spent the whole week together. It was wonderful, and the music festival was yeah. amazing. <laughs> so it's I realized something about this job and you know our guests will talk about this as well when you're in the public spotlight all the time you have to go to a place where no one knows you where you can <laughs> let the hair down whatever hair that's up here or let your beard down and beard just down. be human and be wow. you know that was my biggest aha moment mm -hmm. so um i came back off of vacation i realized that i needed to start taking care of my mental health yeah. So I started to go back to teaching and practicing Edit Yoga, which mm -hmm. is part of my, it just heals me. I haven't done it for three years. Started last week. I'm going to start teaching coming up here in Florida in a mm -hmm. studio. And um, I'm going to start seeing a therapist because I was mm -hmm. going through a depression I did not know. And we don't, we have talked about mental health on the show. Yes. But I believe that this is the first time I'm going to therapists because I grew up in a black family and you don't need a therapist. You got Jesus. <laughs> what? Yeah. I'm going I'm going to a therapist yeah. and um, I normally go to a spiritual practitioner or a prayer chaplain. And mm -hmm. we just that's what I learned for the last 15, 16, 17 years. I need another insight, another perspective, oh, perspective. because I'm leading a very big community. Huge. We have anywhere between 176 people to 300 wow. people on a Sunday. Wow. And I am the senior minister leading this organization. If I don't take care of my mental health, sis, yes. I'm not going to sustain this job is not sustainable for me. This work and career is not sustainable. So that's how my vacation went. And we always say, oh, keep it light God. until we go in. I guess we <laughs> didn't keep it light. You that's my rule. rule. But I, I loved it. I was laughing in my head going like, okay. see, he went deep. He went, how, and how can you not go deep? I mean, this mm. is what we talk about here. It's just, it's life um, at its fullest, right? And it yeah. includes all those parts. And that's what I love about us when I look at our journey. Um, and like you saying on air, I'm a rev of this big, you know, um, center and I need help myself. How powerful is that? And what I see on our show, what like fills my heart, you know, the unicorn, right? You guys always, always call the uni me the unicorn is that we're always expanding. And so yeah. we're always on that edge, which means so it's maybe not always comfortable. And so I like totally high five you. I give you props um, for saying that yeah you, you need help with that expansion you know with where with where you're at and we all do um and and to you know faith what i realized it it, it doesn't have to be forever it's for yeah. right now and yeah. for the right yeah. now i'm hearing god with emmy saying mm -hmm. go and see a therapist and so we can yeah. you know have a different perspective yes and i believe it's all spiritual anyway yes and it was very interesting because James, the person I met on vacation, he mm -hmm. is a psychotherapist. So we were like having these really deep conversations <laughs> back and forth. Here I am, a licensed spiritual counselor, and he's a he's a, a psychotherapist. Yeah. And we're really talking the same thing. He yeah. just have a different accent, literally yeah. Yeah. English. But we're talking really about shifting your mind, your mindset. It's it's like what the Fillmore's wrote about. It's what Ernest Holmes wrote about. It's mm -hmm. what you know Joel Goldsmith. It starts here. Science of mind. Hello, and then we get to really have a a deep um, realization, and then have a demonstration 
in our outside. Yeah. And all with the soundtrack of house music, huh? Duh, duh, duh. It was great. It was great. And our listeners can't see me. My hands up in the air. And, and I'm going. Duh, duh, do you see my shirt? And yeah. and tell us, I'm wearing a pink. I'm wearing a pink flamingo Hawaiian shirt. In you honor of you, sis. Thank you. Yeah, and I'm wearing more corporate. No, this is not even corporate. It's a little. It's not corporate. corporate. It's not corporate. How, how's it been with the kids going back to school? Because they're back, right? They're in school. Uh, my son, my son just went to school today. Started middle school. It's been great. And I noticed because since you didn't go shallow, I'm going to go deep. Okay. Um, I've, I've been having an interesting time. I've been to the doctors for some women things, you know, yeah. and discovered. I don't want to claim it, but I've had the experience of what I found out is called the white coat syndrome. They take my blood pressure and it's like at 150 and you know, and I'm jovial, I'm happy, I feel good. And so we'll give it a second. Well, it's so funny to feel the power of your brain. The fear starts mm. creeping in of like, oh my God, the heartbeat. So I'm trying to breathe. I'm kind of overdoing it. And of course I'm, then I'm at 169 and they just ignored it because they're like, you're dead. Okay, no, no, I can't. You know? So uh, I talked to my normal doctor and I have a mm -hmm. blood pressure machine at home just to take my pressure all the time. So of course I take and I'm like 110. There was like mm -hmm. a 90 something. And I noticed as I was prepping my son to go to school, of course, in my head, the, the gears are switching now. I have to get ready. I'm going to go to Unity Village. I have, you know, my new website and I'm starting new collaborations on songs. And I went to take my heart rate just to be mindful because it's true. My, I remember the other doctor said, you know, we're not always Zen. How funny is that? You know, referring to <laughs> who are guests today. We're not always yes. Zen. So I said, yeah. fine, I'll take my pressure when I'm not at my zenest, whatever, you know. And it was it was high. It was at 130 something. And I meditated and it went to 108. And it just proved to me all the things that we talk about here. But yeah. I see it in my dang body that even though maybe on the surface mind, I feel like I'm chill. I got it. The body part of me, the fear that I have inherited or that I take on either from generations before or everything on the news that I don't even watch. It's in me. So I'm. I don't want to say I'm mad at it, but I'm excited. I'm kind of on fire to, to really apply our principles in that way where yeah. I can go in that dang doctor's office and not let the fear, whatever, reflect you know, something else. But so there what you go. blows me away, Faith, because, you know, I lived in Hawaii as well for a couple of years when I was in the Air Force. And Hawaiians are known to be the most chilled, laid back, chakra. You know, we it's like when I lived in Hawaii, it was like nothing bothered anybody. It's like just just what's up? That's Hawaii. That's <laughs> or, or or it's my Filipino parents. You oh. know, Catholic and I and I love them and I'm home. You know, I'm here to watch sis, them sis, in this phase. Yeah. Sis, what? sis, we can bring on our guests. No, yes, no, 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 no. <laughs> when in doubt, let's blame our parents. No, 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 no. I love so them. You. I that's what you. You're funny. Okay, maybe a teeny bit, but no, I'm way too enlightened <laughs> for that. No. Um, what what I wanted to say yeah. is, how can I be home with them, watch them go through all their ailments with yeah. all their beliefs, to love them, and what I the fear that I'm facing that I'm just gonna say out loud is, I guess I have a fear I'm gonna be like them, you know, yeah. and have all that pain and so it's good to notice it. And it's not who they are. Right. And it's not yeah. who I feel so you. I that's feel where you. I'm going. That's where I I'm feel going. you. I so feel anyway. you. So <laughs>
I am normally the one that cries first. I'm so glad you did it. I'm so glad. Tear. We haven't had a woman I, tear in a while. Only the, man the tears. Woman te only the man tears. The man tears. Well, we should bring our guest on. I, yeah, before I start crying, because uh, that's that's what I've been doing all my vacation is crying. Okay. But, um, so uh, please introduce our guest. I'm very excited. I'm very excited. Well, let's take, let's, I'll take a deep breath in. Absolutely. Ah, we're going to yeah. need some Zen. We need some Zen right here, right yeah, now. We yeah, we do. And so it's our, it's our honor really to have uh, Jim Blake here with us. He's the CEO of Unity World Headquarters, where he was previously uh, Chief Information Officer and Vice President of Operations. And Unity, which we love and know many of you listening out there, is a spiritual nonprofit founded in 1889 in Kansas yeah. City, Missouri. It helps people of all faiths and cultures apply positive spiritual principles in their daily lives. Amen. Yes. Um, Jim has held numerous pos executive positions in the corporate world, including Director of Customer Operations for Landis and Gear, a global leader in the utility industry, and as Vice President of Products and Technology for Rhythm Engineering. He's the author of this book here I have in my hands, an, an amazing book called The Zen Executive Gems. Oh, okay, let me say this right. The Zen Executive gems of wisdom for enlightened leadership, which outlines his system for creating a culture of trust and innovation. And it was published just this year in 2022 by Unity Books. Mm. Uh, this, this book has won a silver Living Now Book Award for personal growth and self-help. And we are just so excited and honored to pick his brain, to feel his heart, and just to take in the insight from Jim Blake. So welcome. Yeah, welcome, Hello. Rev. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here with you both. And Thank you. you. On, you've uh, touched on so many things that we can get into already. <laughs> I know. Thank I know. <laughs> you can dive on in or Rev Skips has, we yeah. each have like 20 questions. So. I, wait a minute. I have a list of questions because I um, adore <laughs> unity and most of my best friends, my best minister friends and people who've inspired mm -hmm. me have come out of the unity movement. Um, and I'm just grateful to actually meet you. And we had a Unity radio show for, well, Voices of Unity, that's where it comes from, for years. And now we're on the mindbodyspirit.fm that's ran by Diane from Unity. So we're still kind of Unity family, right? Are. <laughs> so it's our honor for you to be here and thank you for your time. Yes. So the first question I'm going to ask is, can you please tell me about the Zen executive? Because I come out of a corporate world. And I am now, you know, spiritually or agape minister, been in leadership at agape since 2010, moving forward. Now I'm CSL um, affiliate and um, I come from a corporate background. So your book kind of weaves it all together. But just for our listeners, can you please explain to us what is the Zen executive? Yeah, so um, I spent as it as uh, she mentioned in the intro, I spent a lot of time in the corporate world for some of the for some global leading companies. And I also spent a lot of time in those years under different styles of leadership, many of them not awesome. And also I watched companies struggle. Companies, they had the right rhetoric. They wanted to create a powerful culture and, and uh, a beautiful culture and it just failed. And so what I learned and kept learning over and over is really mostly about leadership styles that didn't work and cultures that didn't work. And um, I am a seeker by nature, mostly on the spiritual side, but it also sort of 
lends itself to leadership as well. And so I spent a bunch of time thinking there has to be a better way. There's got to be a better way to do this and to lead um, so that companies can get what they desire and, and people can get what they desire. And then I'll allude to um, and sort of a turning point for me, which speaks directly into a little bit of what both, both of you were talking about. I was working for a boss who was um, just, he was not a good guy. He led through, I mean, he was a good guy, but his leadership style <laughs> was not good. I mean, he was fear and intimidation, very chaotic. Um, and I was at home on a Sunday afternoon in my living room, uh, had just set a book down that I was reading. My phone rang and I looked over and I saw his name <laughs> and I had a physical reaction wow like i mm. felt my heart drop into my stomach <laughs> i could feel my shoulders rising up i never noticed it before wow it was in that moment that i was like how unhealthy is this for me mm -hmm. that, i mean this is a phone call i mean I, maybe i was just at a place where i was just relaxed enough that i noticed all the tension mm -hmm. you know creep in but mm -hmm. your body has a physical reaction and so that was really a turning point for me not only in terms of my own career but also to say okay there's there's some influence here that leaders have that I don't know that they have. And so this book is a lot about um, techniques and tools for how to transform your own leadership, how to take care of yourself, how to take care of the people that work for you, and just how to navigate some of the difficult times uh, that we all face as leaders in corporate and nonprofit worlds. Mm -hmm. When I have to say, for a person who does not love to read, I will just openly admit that. <laughs> I loved reading your book. It was, and I was going to say, if I say an easy read, it doesn't sound like it's profound, but it was because first of all, just the way you laid it out, you know, you have these big bolded, you know, quotations uh, every so often that um, really drive the point home. Even at the end of every, um, you know, section of the book, you put the gems there. And so it's, it's such a useful book that's easy to apply to your life. I feel like, cause like I could just flip to it now and be like, oh yeah. You, you, you know, just, <laughs> I mean, that that's kind of how, how I, I was with it. So um, I think it's such a gift right now to shift the culture. Um, and this yeah. is what I wanted to ask you. I'm so curious if uh, you could share so we can see the difference. Can you share qualities of what a Zen executive is like versus the, you know, the good guy with maybe not so great leadership? Um, what are those qualities in those feelings? Or, or you don't even have to say feelings. It could even be behaviors. What are those differences between those two styles of leadership and being? I think it's beingness. It's way past leadership for me when I read your book. Yeah. Anyway. Well, thank you for the kind words about the book. And that yeah. the whole point was to really get it into a framework that was practical. I didn't want to just pontificate yes. or have it be theoretical. Thank you. I wanted you did it to not. be uh, really um, practical applications. But to answer your question, I'll start and I'll allude a little bit back to just what we just talked about, but mm -hmm. it's a leader who has a, a fair amount of self-awareness and that self-awareness wow. guides them to understand exactly what the influence they have. So instead of, you know, if that guy knew the physical reaction I was having when he called me, maybe mm -hmm. he would have paused and reevaluated how he was showing up in the world. And so a Zen executive is one who understands that, that understands that when you're leading through fear and intimidation or command and control, your associates are operating in a state of constant fear and anxiety. By the way, they're not productive. That is not, you're not getting their best effort, right? Mm -hmm. They're constantly afraid to make mistakes. They're mm -hmm. not bringing you new ideas because they don't want to be yelled at. Mm -hmm. And so you're just not getting the best out of the, the folks that are on your team versus 
when you lead with compassion and understanding and you see your role as more of a support role, mm. um, providing them the resources and tools that they need and the environment they need to be most productive, now they're relaxed at work. Now they're happy to be there serving. So, yeah. and the productivity is completely different. You see what I mean? Now you're getting their best self because they're coming in relaxed. Mm -hmm. There's a fair amount. And they're working from a place of love versus a place of fear. Exactly. And the other thing I I love how you have um, stated how it not only affects our work life, it affects our home life, it affects our church life, it affects every, how does it all integrate this Zen executive? How does it affect other parts of our life that we don't really see? Yeah. So same way. So when that person leaves, just like me, they can't leave that at the office. So now they're driving home oh, stress yeah. and anxiety or mm-hmm. which, oh, by the way, wears you out. It's exhausting. And mm-hmm. so now it, you're, it's impacting your relationship with your spouse, with your partner, with your pets, how you interact and how you show up in the world. So mm-hmm. if you're edgy when you go out into the world because of your job, that's a ripple effect. And so mm-hmm. as that executive gets that and says, okay, by doing this, not only do I have people that are wildly productive because they're showing up as their best selves and I'm helping support that, but when they go out into the world, they're leaving a positive wake and not a negative wake. Mm-hmm. So that's a big part of it, Faith. And then also when I go, I'll go back to self-awareness is it's yes. also understanding your own sort of trigger. So having a really good grasp on what are my strengths, what are my weaknesses, mm-hmm. and when something triggers me, what, how do I handle that in a way that doesn't... Uh, impact the the environment that I'm in negatively. And so, um, and then again, just being confident enough, and we'll talk about why I, maybe we'll get into it later, but being confident enough to lead with compassion and and trust and Mm -hmm. humility and Mm -hmm. acting as a servant leader. That's the the methodology I I refer to in the book. Mm -hmm. So many people are afraid, oh, that means you're being a doormat. No, you can still hold the people accountable. You can just do it in a humane way. And in a way that uh, doesn't demean them or instill fear and so forth. So mm-hmm. to me, that's really about, about the Zen executive. It's a whole understanding your whole person um, and then understanding your influence and being careful with that influence um, and uh, understanding that you have you can have a really big impact for those that serve with you and uh, not only at work, but also when they go out into the world. Yes. Well, I you I'm glad you read emphasized awareness, because I thought it really begins with that, that leader, that executive, not only is it the impact, but I was thinking, is, won't that person be happier? <laughs> won't the Zen executive now be Zen? Um, however, it does require that awareness, though. And so I, I don't know, sometimes it takes an illness, sometimes it takes finally being tired of being so stressed. I don't know. I don't know how you get there. But um, once they're there, I think the door is open for them to want something different. And I, I want to just be really honest, because, you know, I'm I'm in the unity movement. I'm in the new thought movement. And I have to say, when I first was interest, um, introduced to unity, I mean, I love them. There was a space where I could share this inspira- inspirational music and be of support, you know? And <laughs> because I was at some of these events where, you know, sometimes there were problems going on, sometimes the the spiritual teachings that were being taught, I, I didn't see the congruency in the way the leaders were acting. Okay. And I, you know, and on this show, we're just authentic and it's not pointing anyone out. It's just saying we've all been there. And yeah. so I was a little bit like, uh, and then I met you in 2017 at Glurk, right at the regional conference there. 
and and you were the leader and i mean you really i was like hmm who's this guy <laughs> uh and i i could you know feel your heart and you shared your vision for unity and it just it felt different you know you were yeah. talking about the do it just it felt different and then when i went to unity village which is where the headquarters is um i was a part of the world day of prayer i could really see it being played out and how they contacted me um i felt there was collaboration there was an ease about it granted maybe you know we weren't in the same uh you know rushed situation but still we were working on an event together and so just from a person on the outside i I felt a shift there in the whole corporate culture. And I felt the spiritual teachings um, really shine even more because, uh, you know, I guess that awareness was creeping in. So what, what do you, what do you say? I mean, I, I feel like you were a part of that, a big part of that, obviously. Yeah. And so yeah. what you're experiencing is exactly what uh -huh. we're working towards. I mean, we yeah. spend a lot of time. So we servant leadership is the only leadership style you'll find here. And so yeah. if you're a leader here and wow. you can't be a servant leader, you don't get to be here. And the wow. reason we do that is because if you don't, this is how companies are not successful in creating their beautiful culture because they don't create a consistent leadership philosophy across. Them. So what happens is faith, you could work on this side of the company and skip could be yes. working on this side of the company. And depending on who your leader is, you have a completely different yes. experience. And so mm -hmm. you think you've done all this great work on culture and faith is like, yeah, I love this place. The culture is great. People are supportive. <laughs> It skips over going, man, this place is awful. I'm having a terrible, I don't, I don't know what you're experiencing, but it's not good for me. And it's because of the two different leadership styles. And so when you have everyone leading with the same philosophy, it doesn't mean everyone's the, uh, you know, they lead exactly the same. They put their own spin and characteristics mm -hmm. on it. But philosophically, you're leading yes. the same way. Yeah. Now, no matter where anyone is in the organization, they're having the same experience of your, of your culture. Yeah. And, and if you think about it, and this brings me to my, you know, my Bible teachings, Jesus led by serving. Mm -hmm. Jesus was a servant, and he served to the point of his death. And I think if there's any great leader for me that has been the teachings of, 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 of Jesus has been to serve, to serve, and he led. You know, so this is a time where we get to listen to some music, which I love. And actually, we're going to listen to one of my very favorite songs, Faith. Um, it's Rise. And I think this is what we're doing today. We're rising up in our consciousness and the way we're going to lead. Tell us a little bit about Rise. Yes, it's a song I, I wrote here with Imua Garza, who was also the production, uh, who, who did the production on this song. And we wrote it for AG&T, Association for Global New Thought, for one of their events. And I thought it was just uh, the perfect song to go with the Zen executive, because I believe this book and the teachings you've shared, Jim, it's it's everything, meaning it it's from a personal level, which is what is shared in this song, the personal you know, awareness and wanting for more. Um, and also what happens when a whole bunch of individuals that are trying to have that awareness and openness and intention mm -hmm. when they come together. I mean, that impact is what you're talking about. Th those ripples, I, yeah. they're waves. They become waves of love, which is what we do here yes. and what unity has done and what you're doing with this. Um, All right. So let's life. listen to Rise, everyone. Here we go. Close my eyes, I open my heart. I'll take a deep breath, let the healing start. 
I lift my hands, I plant my feet, I let love in, I feel the beat that's calling us to rise, rise, spirit rise up, rise in me.
Hey everyone, welcome back to Voices of Unity. That was Rise. So grateful for that song. And I wanna say this, that I first heard Rise when we saw George Floyd murdered and when we saw the lynching of George Floyd and all this racial tensions was happening in America. And I wanna say to you, Reverend Jim, thank you so much for your YouTube video that you put out addressing the history of unity because new thought has not always been inclusive. And I, I saw that that video and it really touched my heart. You acknowledged it and you talked about how unity is moving forward and me being, you know, openly gay black, you know, leader in a very large white community. Um, inclusivity is such an important movement. And I know unity has worked hard to make that happen. Yeah, you would uh, you were on vacation, so I don't know if you knew Skip, but we had um, the first ever people of African descent and new thought conference here this past weekend. So it was 360 ministers of color from every tradition under the new thought umbrella here. And man, they had a celebration and, and great workshops and teachings. And it was, it was a really, really powerful experience. Yeah, my teacher and friend and mentor, uh, Michael Beckwith was there and I wanted to go. It was either to go to Croatia or come to Unity. I might should have gone. No, no should have. I can't shit on myself anymore. Um, but I heard it was magnificent. And thank you for doing that. Thank you. This is one of the things that, and I talk to a lot of uh, leaders in our New Thought community, and I believe that there is an opportunity for all of us to come together, Agape, Unity, CSL. And I'm actually in the middle of my affiliation with CSL and we are jumping through hoops. They gotta have this and I went through this and they're saying, well, you need to go through this. Why hasn't this Association for Global New Thought made it easier for practitioners and prayer chaplains and ministers to come together under this we're still talking the same thing. We might have a different accent. And that has, I believe, is a great movement for us to unite. Yeah, I think you're seeing an effort. So when I came uh, and joined AG&T in 2017, I think, was really the first effort to do that at all. And so now you can move pretty freely between CSL and Unity in terms of spiritual leadership of, of a congregation or a center. And I think each of the other um, organizations are working their way into that. And so I just don't think it was ever contemplated before. Mm -hmm. And I would say that group in, in 2017 of AG&T with, there were so many of us, um, obviously with Dr. Barbara Fields and Michael Beckwith mm -hmm. and, and Gordon and David Alexander, that was really the first time all of the organizations started talking because they brought in a bunch of new members. I shouldn't say the first time. It's the first time they talked about this kind of collaboration and then actually took steps to try to, to uh, do it. And so you're seeing more and more of it um, in different forms. It's just really slow. I mean, it's painfully okay. slow, um, but we are making uh, progress in that regard. And I, and I maintain hope that we will continue to become better and better at collaboration, not only in the areas you mentioned, but in so many other areas where I think right. we can have real impact as a single new thought family. Yeah, it's powerful. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to um, bring up that this point that what I 
What I really took from this book, because I really appreciate that you did write it, you said in a way that was really applicable and easy for anyone just to pick up and read. Now, however, with my lens, when I'm looking at it, I'm looking at our world, I'm looking at this, we talk about this a lot on our show, the, the patriarchy that we've, we've lived in, right? Those systems, those feelings. And as I read your book and I see your practices, especially self-care that, you know, I'd like to highlight as, as we move on, um, the feminine energy, that it, uh, divine feminine energy that I feel that I see in these teachings, because you talk about reflection, you talk about intuition, stu um, stillness, right, in meditation practice, nurturing energy. I mean, mm -hmm. that, you know, a corporate culture can now talk about self-care. And Skip, he has this amazing quote I was trying to find in the book that simply says, forgiveness is an act of self-care. Yes. I mean, can you imagine the shift not only for a company, but what about the leader of a country and, and all the leaders of our world that can uh, tune in first, right, to come from their overflowing, to come from thriving, you know, uh, instead of from fear and not enough and, you know, and whatever, all the pressures they have on them. So I just really want to highlight why I feel this book is so important on so many levels and reflection of where I was going to say where we need to go. Yeah. Where we're going, where we're rising to. So thank you. <laughs> and, and, and faith also, let me add this. Well, and then, and then Reverend Jim, I want you to jump in. I, know. I believe and I'm seeing it happen. <clears throat> there are more companies that are moving towards mindfulness these days because they're seeing the benefits of how employees are more productive. There are big companies that are talking about meditation you know, I work for Inside Timer, and friends, I've been with Inside Timer for since probably the beginning, and they've had me go into corporate settings and do guided meditations for corporate settings, big corporate settings like Apple and for Coca-Cola, and yeah, Brene Brown coming into huge corporations talking about how important it is to be mindful. So, what's the next step now to really get this movement into every company? <laughs> Well, I know I'm thinking big. I'm like, I want everybody to be meditating. <laughs> Faith, um, Faith touched on it. And it was very, very keen observation, Faith. Not, not many people pick up on that. And that's sort of the, because they would, they would think of the feminine aspect as not masculine mm -hmm. enough um, in, in corporate, <laughs> corporate leadership, because it's been largely dominated by, by the white masculine personality, right? In Western culture. In fact, organization charts were, were created uh, as from a model of the military. And right. so, it's, it's, so, so there's, yes. there's toxic, this toxic masculinity sort of built in, yeah. Yeah. which yeah. is what keeps them in fear of moving to a leadership style like this. And, yeah. but if you sit and logically just talk about the yes. things you talk about, how being this way makes people more productive, more comfortable, better citizens, um, it's really logical, <laughs> but mm -hmm. we're just not there yet. And so I do think there's going to have to be, Skip, a whole lot of, a lot more healing and a lot more progress in terms of um, the next wave of evolution of consciousness of sort of getting rid of this toxic masculinity and this idea that that mas masculinity and domination is is the successful way to lead when it, it, just, it just really isn't. Have you seen... Or, or fake, you might have said, I think we've talked about in the show mm -hmm. that there is the patriarchal way of leadership where mm -hmm. there's one person at the top and then there's layers and it's more and more people at the bottom. But the matriarchal way of leadership is there's circles 
and circles and these circles touch other circles and circles such and then we're all in this one big circle we're all leading together we're all healing together we're all moving forward together and i see more of that happening even how i want to be a leader within my own organization that everyone gets to come together and let's celebrate your ideas let's celebrate what's going on with you and what ideas you have and because it's no longer that idea one person at the top and we have all the ideas and we're working to get there. No, that has to shift. Yeah, you're exactly right. In fact, the model for servant leadership reverses the pyramid. Wow. Yes. The leaders are the least important person in the organization. It's, wow. it's the teammates that are working directly with your, their, your job as a leader is just to provide support. It's to remove obstacles. It's to make sure you have the tools and resources. It's to ensure you have a healthy environment to work in, ergonomically correct, just all of those things to be your best self. That's that's how it works in the servant leadership. So very similar to, to what you're describing, for mm -hmm. sure. And I would say, and you touched on it too, there are companies that have made a lot of progress around this. I mean, it, it largely started out of Silicon Valley. God bless them for really bringing this forward. But they started with the meditation and even the idea of self-care. I mean, they have napping pods in some of the companies and oh my God, so yes. they really, they get it. Um, and it started to migrate, but it's just, there's too much still, I think, of the old generation of, of leadership style that's in place. But you're seeing people um, like Catherine Twells at Coca-Cola have a dramatic impact on their culture with some of these things. And so mm -hmm. uh, I think we're making inroads, but we, we still have a, a ways to go for sure. Is it because, and this is just a philosophy, it might be true, but I've seen this, our, our country was built on this corporate idea about money, get ours, get it now, even on the backs of enslaved people, even taking land, and this, this corporate greed still has not been healed or forgiven. Could that still be holding us back from moving forward to a more inclusive way of leadership? Yeah, I won't blame money, but I will say um, what you're describing is a lack of self-awareness in the upper echelon of executive leadership, which leads to exactly what you're talking about. Okay. They, they don't understand the consequence, nor do they care. You know, they're focused on the yeah. money and there's not enough self-awareness to say, how is what the decisions I'm making here Mm -hmm. filtering down through my organization. What impact right. is it having on right. folks that are the other folks in the organization and yes. how they show up in the world? And so I think the more enlightened we can get on the way up the, the org chart um, or the more, Faith said it, the more female energy uh, in a lot of cases really helps, um, at least from, from my experience with the women I worked for. The first boss I had out of college was a woman. And so it, it took me a bit to even understand that there was still issues there. Cause uh, I thought, oh, this is solved. And uh, this woman's running the, the, mm -hmm, the technology mm -hmm. department for a law firm. And so, but anyway, I think, um, I think the more we get uh, self-awareness um, at the top, we'll be, uh, we'll be better off and begin to, to heal some of those things. Well, I, I, what I dream of, or <laughs> I, I'm excited to see the impact of what a balanced type of leadership would be right that has the best of the masculine qualities because I was thinking about that I love the masculine I think like what I'm known for when I first started in new thought was that fire was that you know the dance music that, that feels more aggressive and and I love that part because I was really thinking about that versus now the stillness that that fire can come from that is more mindful and so 
I'm still trying to wrap it around in my mind. Skip, you brought up about the, the corporate, well, I don't know if you said corporate greed, but you know, um, the decisions that are being made for the money. And in my head, I just yeah. keep thinking, when, when do people, organizations factor in the happiness quotient and the impact and the sustainability aspect? And I, I just, I don't know that answer. They might, they yeah. might just not care. I mean, and it's in them. Like that's just their worldview, right? I mean, no one's thinking I'm going to be greedy today and you know what I mean? Make everyone unhappy and make decisions to hurt the earth. I mean, who does that? I don't think anyone no, does. What I'll tell you is it's starting. <laughs> who does that? I can give you a list, but I won't go there. I can give you a list of people who does that, okay? Let's see what Jim's going to say. <laughs> I'm just going to say they'll, they'll change when they can see how it impacts the money. Or the performance, and okay. all right, you're starting, you're starting to see it actually because yes. now there's actual. This isn't just Jim's philosophy. Yeah, everything yeah. I put in the book, there's data. Yeah, that talks yeah. about how productivity has productivity. changed by doing yeah. some of these things, and uh, and you're seeing companies actually begin to look at a four-day work week because yes. they're beginning to understand the data of productivity yeah. and how it rises with a better right. work-life balance, and so. Mm. Uh, the more so you're saying you, money talks. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, I'm just saying in some cases you got to yeah, think. Yeah. In yeah, some cases, yeah. so many, so many, especially public-facing companies, they're driven by shareholders. Okay. So even as a leader, I may not be all about the money, but my shareholders are all okay. about the, the return on their investment. Sure. Okay. So sure. Whatever I do, I have to take that set of stakeholders into consideration. Of course, mm-hmm. of course. And we, we, well, we do that anyway too, Rev, and being a pulpit, we still, a pulpit ministry, we still have to take in, you know, in, in, in consideration of what our board thinks. So I, I, I want to flip the question on this. Sure. Since we have a lot of churches and a lot of communities that are closing because they can't maintain sustainability, what is the answer for rebuilding our churches. There are a few units I know that have have closed their doors and they're selling properties, but that's not sustainable either. What's the answer to keep our, our community's new thought growing? Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, and I don't, I'll just be honest, Skip, I don't have the answer and I'm not yeah. sure. I'm not sure the answer has come forth yet. I think the pandemic really, I mean, we all know it's changed so many things and some really yeah. terrible things came out of that, but also some real blessings and leap forward, mm-hmm. leaps forward in other areas. And so I think there's still this, this chaos that everybody's trying to figure that out, you know, which is, do we need to be in person? Do we need to be virtual? How do I combine the do to be successful? You're never going to get away from the subset of people who want to be around their tribe. They want to have community. They want to be in person with one another. And yet there's a whole new generation uh, I shouldn't say generation, but a whole new evolution that came out of the pandemic where people are now not feeling obligated to go out. If they don't want to go out now, they're they're comfortable. They've been given permission that I can do whatever I want from home. I don't even have to shop uh, anywhere. I don't have to go to the grocery store. Anymore. I can do everything and never leave my house. And they're very comfortable in that space. And so how do how do we serve both ends of that spectrum in a really meaningful way? And uh, it, and it can't look the same. And the other the other reason it can't look the same is there's so much the levels of tolerance of everything are changing and shifting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, look at look at the the all the folks that were doing frontline work and all the different service industries that, that have mm-hmm. just decided I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah, right. that is wow. not right. acceptable to me. And you've got right. job that are saying 
I'm not going to consider any job unless I can work from home because yeah. now I've yeah. worked from home and I had that experience mm-hmm. and I can get my kids off the bus. And, yeah. and so I wow. still think all of that is sort of unwinding uh, and we haven't gotten to a place where we figured out, okay, here's an emerging model that seems to work that, uh, that we can start to move to. If one, I hear from my board one more time, why are not the why aren't the online community hitting the donate button? They get it <laughs> and they don't hit the donate button. They're like, if 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 those that were watching us online and then after hit the donate button, we we wouldn't be having these very um challenging and interesting conversations in our board of trustees meeting. It's like, how do we get them to press that button? <laughs> Yeah, but it's a, and, it, and it differs, right? Some ministries yeah. aren't. Other ministries. I've talked to ministers who said, "Oh, my online community is donating mm-hmm. more than my my own presence." Wow! And, wow! And then I've talked to people who are having the same struggle you are. Lots of people online, but mm-hmm. they're not able to so support and sustain the ministry um, in a in a ratio that is is helpful. And so mm-hmm. I've I've seen and heard both of those. Your book points out um, that I think is so important in this discussion we're having right now is, you know, you talk a lot about mission and and it makes me also feel, uh, I think about intention, you know, really that when we move through times like this to be guided by, you know, really what's important to you as a leader, what's important. And, and you know, what I, I, I love is that you were talking about that mission statement. It doesn't come from the leader. It was something you really invited that was a collaborative creation. So really everyone can, they're on the same boat. And I think for, at least for me, that intention and mission carry me through those times. Cause you don't know what it's going to look like. It's not going to look like before. Um, but I think if you can be true to what's important to you, that you're okay. I mean, does that sound too simplistic, but that's the way I no, that's exactly what I was. <laughs> that's what I talk about in the book. People yeah. miss sort of miss the opportunity of the power of a mission statement, whether it's personal or for a group. Mm-hmm. You know, when I most of us have had the experience of a mission statement being like four paragraphs long with a whole bunch of words we never remember. <laughs> we see it on the first day, and then we never reference it again. Yeah. And there's now real data that says, look, if your meaning, if your mission statement is meaningful mm-hmm. and short and compelling. And so in an organization, like you said, Faith, it comes from the ground up, which is what we did here. Get everyone's buy-in and make it a representation of who you are and what you want to be in the world right now. Don't make it some, we want to be the best this. That's not measurable. It's not really achievable. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so- um, Could you tell us what it is? What what Unity's mission is? Yes. Ours is to help and serve more people through prayer, publishing, and community. Because those that's are powerful. So we everyone here shorten it to just to help and serve. And it's wow. a touchstone. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt wow. you. No, no, no worries. <clears throat> it's a touchstone that guides everything. So even if we're going to do a new endeavor, the first yeah. thing we do is say, does this help us help and serve more people? And wow. uh, it's so great. If not, then wow. we start to question whether it's it's ours to do. In, in one of our ministerial classes, we worked on our personal purpose statement. <clears throat> we called it the purpose statement, excuse me. And we would write it out and our teacher, I remember Reverend Susan says, nope, too long, shorten it, take yeah. it, shorten it. And then we give it, to, nope, it's too long, shorten it. It's like, if you can't say your personal purpose statement in an elevator going from one floor, then it's <laughs> not going to land with you. So <clears throat> after 10 years, my personal mission, my personal purpose statement is I'm here to help people see the light within themselves as I continue to see the light within myself so that we may shine together. That's it. 
And I've had that for, I would say, last six, seven years. And people say, what do you do? And that's my purpose statement. Keep it short, memorable, and where it's going to touch you. And that's it. That's that's what it's all about. So, Rev, we do something right now. And this is really cool. I love it. So get ready. This all is how right. we end the show. We end the show with something we call our SSP, our Sexy Spiritual Pebble. And the Sexy Spiritual Pebble is the takeaway from the show and something you might want to do a mic drop, a spiritual mic drop into the um, into the podcast so people can walk away. Faith, I see you up in your head, so you're I going am. first. Yes. No, but what I don't you... know mine yet. I don't oh, know. Oh, jeez, really? <laughs> I have really? to feel into it. I don't. So okay, I, I'll, I'll go. Care. Then I'll go. I will go. I'm... Here, here's my here's my SSP for today. My sexy spiritual pebble is that I must take care of myself. I must take care of myself as the head of a nonprofit. I must take care of myself. And your book talks about the self-care. So I am still riding this wave of learning. I need to have self-care and I need to have more effective self-care. And I'm not talking about the occasional massage. I'm talking about my days off. And you just talked about the four day work day. So we work in the center from Sunday until Wednesday. Thursday, we work a day off or we work in our homes. And then Friday and Saturday is actually supposed to be a day that I use to self-care, prepare to give a sermon on Sunday. I don't do that. I work every single day. And when someone calls me, even my day off, I'm going, you okay? And I'm giving and giving and giving and not receiving. My takeaway from this is I need to take care of myself. Amen. My takeaway. Faith, you in? What's your SSP? You still not there? I want to hear Jim's. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Rev, you Rev, what's your, what's your sexy spiritual pebble? So a lot of times, uh, Skip, I'll get asked, okay, that's great, but I'm not a leader. So how can I apply some of these things? And so what we talked a lot about today was influence. And so if nothing else, your takeaway from today can be, regardless of whether you're a leader or an individual, Understand your influence in the world. Understand that how you show up, interact with the person, with the cashier, with your coworkers has an impact and creates a ripple effect. Understand that how you present and react and respond uh, to all the people you encounter leaves an impression and has an influence. And so if you can become conscious of that and just try to be a positive influence in every interaction where you can so that you leave a positive wake, you will create an impact on the world. Amen. Da-da. You know what that was, Faith? Da-da. That was a spiritual mic drop right there. Oh, it was like, da-da. Oh, oh. oh, I thought he was da-da. getting on the soapbox. Or no, 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 no. That was the mic drop effect. <laughs> it was da-da. That was so doggone cool, man. Rev, that was so dope. I'm just going to ride on. Can I just piggyback on his sex? Yes. Well, because I can't, I'm trying to find the words and, and the things that have popped in my mind is it works. I mean, one, these principle works and I can't, it's hard for me to describe the energy. I felt the shift in the culture, just if we're looking at unity village, the shift I felt is huge. So, and the third, these aren't even real pebbles. They're like little, (laughs) I don't know what they are. The third one is that um, we have, you haven't said this in the book, but to me, it's the thing shouting in my head is like, 
happiness matters. Like how that leader feels matters. So then how that person feels, so then how the other people around him feels, you're talking about the influence, that matters. And tying in the song that the whole energetic thing is lifted, whether you want to talk about more metaphysical or just on the ground, like your my blood pressure will go down, you know, um, <laughs> I'll be happier with my kid. I mean, Preach. it works. Happiness you matters. You know, here, like, here's the thing, Rab, Re- Re- I'm going to tell you a little bit about uh, Reverend Faith. Okay, okay. <laughs> Spiritual mic. Reverend Faith, she says, I don't really have a big thing, but let me tell you what's in my heart. And then you walk away going, Oh my God, that was amazing. When are you going to write your book, right, Rev right. Faith? <laughs> Reverend right. Jim, it's been such a pleasure um, to be able to talk to you and hang with you and just to learn from you. I, I'm a big fan of yours and it's great to finally meet you. So where can people connect with you and get the book? Where is it? Because everyone needs to read this, especially if you're leading. If you're in the leadership role, it got to get this book. Everyone's a leader. Okay, anyway, in their field, <laughs> right, right. in their circle. Ta-da. Yeah. Well, <laughs> thank you again for the opportunity. And I, I have a website dedicated to just the book. So it's IamJimBlake.com. If you go there, you can find even some examples of the gems that Faith mentioned that are at the end of each chapter. You'll find a little video for me to really uh, you know, give you some good insight as to what it's about before you commit. Um, you can find it on Amazon, obviously. And then if you're interested a little bit in what Unity teaches, We have a brand new website at unity.org and in the shop section, you can obviously get it there, but on the front page of that unity page, you'll find all kinds of resources for everything from grief to prosperity to, to stress and anxiety, um, just lots of tools and resources to help us cope uh, with the everyday struggles we might encounter. And on behalf of me, thank you so much for being a support for our LGBT Mm -hmm. community. You're huge support for our rainbow crew. So shout out to you. Thank you so much. And and I want to invite everyone. I mean, can I invite everyone? Of course. To, this is actually, it. No, this is I mean, what we like do it. to Unity Village. Absolutely. Um, campus. I'm gonna be there. Maybe, maybe I'll get to see you, Jim. I'm not sure in September for the Empower Music and, and Arts um, the Festival. Yeah, the music festival there. And I just wanna, you know, uh, applaud you, Jim, and the and your your crew, your circle of you know leaders that are there that are really um bringing this change you know as a group and um really finding ways for it to be applicable and like to help and serve right now you know absolutely um where are you gonna be faith where are you gonna be are you doing anything this week i'm here right now oh i'm gonna be at unity (laughs) grass valley on august 31st awesome giving the message and music there and you know they can find out at my events page at faithrivera.com but um i just i'm still in our talk this is very are you are but you know in the linear sense of of the spiritual world it's coming Mm -hmm. to an end but we know there is no end (laughs) but that's in the linear kind of sense of everything we do um everyone remember you can follow us on instagram and facebook group we are voices of unity on instagram we're voices.unity Right? Did I get that right? I know. <laughs> Chad did this, and I'm going. Just so this voices of unity. Look on, on, yes, yes. You can follow me at Rev Skip Jennings on all the socials on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. And no, I do not TikTok. I am not a TikToker. I'm very clear. I'm my tick done talked. 
And if you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, please come out to Center for Spiritual Living. We have in-person meetings and online um, on at 1030 every Sunday morning. We are a thriving community. Bring your kids. We're having a lot of fun right now, and um, we can also view it online on Facebook and at our website, cslftl.org. That's it. Wow, yes, we got it out. So, and we did. We did. So last last shout out again, Jim, thank you so much for sharing this time with us. And Absolutely. your book is Zen Executive, Gems of Wisdom for Enlightened Leadership. And I'm going to add more and more dot, 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 because, you know, this more, is really dot, for, dot, for everyone. I was going to say Zen. You can next book, Jim, Zen Parenthood. I was like applying it to my... <laughs> you so. guys are a blast. I can't thank you enough. You're both uh, beautiful lights in the world. And just keep doing what you're doing because you're yeah. making an impact. So I bless you both. Thank and you thank so you. much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everyone. Until ne next episode, and I think Chatty will be back with us. So better. I'm open. So he better. <laughs> he better. So until next time, everyone. Peace and blessings, and we love you. Aloha. Subscribe, like, and share. Spread the love. Life is hard, and sometimes you need a little help and guidance. I'm Laura West, host of A Guided Life podcast, and I believe that help is all around us. We just have to ask for it. The universe has a way of guiding us forward with the help of our past loved ones, angels, spirit guides, and ascended masters. On the podcast, I love to explore these ideas with incredible guests and let people know that they are never alone. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you can join me on this journey. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm network and wherever you get your podcasts.